Welcome to our series of podcasts focusing on international employment law. I'm Ailey Murray, Senior Counsel in the Employment Team here at Travis Smith, and this month I'm joined with Ed Mills, who's our Head of Department. And in these podcasts, we're speaking to friends from law firms in a variety of jurisdictions and asking them about the key employment law issues and things to think about when employing staff in their country. For each jurisdiction, we're doing three short podcasts, the first covering the start of employment, the second covering the end of employment, and the final one covering other key employment law aspects for their jurisdiction. Yeah, and today, thanks Ailey, we're delighted to be joined by Fulke Osterland from Gide Loyette Noël in France. Um, Gide is a leading independent um, French international law firm and in lots of respects um, has a very similar model and practice areas to Travis Smith. It's a firm we know very well both within our employment team and more generally, so delighted to welcome Fulke today. Thank you, Ed. Thank you, Ailey, and uh, thank you for um, inviting me. Right. So in our first podcast, we're going to cover um, the things to think about at the start of employment. And so, folks, we'll kick this off with um, asking you, what are the key things that we need to be thinking about from an employment law perspective when advertising vacancies in France? Well, maybe one of the first things to, to think of um, is using French. <laughs> um, we have a law in French uh, protecting the, the use of French um, in uh, every aspect of uh, um, professional life um, that includes um, in case of um, job ad advertising. So um, job offers, uh, job advertisements should be written in French. It can be in dual language actually, um, but it should be um, with one version in, in French. Um, then more importantly, maybe um, job advertisements of course cannot include any uh, discriminatory criteria. Um, there are no less than 24 uh, discrimination criteria in the French labor code, um, some of which are more or less universal, I guess, like uh, sex or origin, um, nationality, ethnics, religion, um, and some of which are, are probably more original, um, like um, genetic characteristics or the ability to speak another language than French, um, which is one of the, again, well, one of the discrimination criteria and still um, related to this uh, uh, law um, protecting the use of French um, in, uh, in professional life. Um, so they, uh, basically this is the, the, the main rules that uh, an employer should keep in mind when advertising, advertising jobs. And two, two quick questions then, Falk. Um, one that sort of flows directly from the discrimination points, and that's around, I understand it, there's new law that's in the process of coming into force about um, regional accents and discrimination, particularly this perception that there's discrimination against people maybe from sort of southern France, particularly in the southwest. And the follow-on question um, is um, the, the points you raise, I suppose, are sort of application of discriminatory criteria in the recruitment process. Presumably those points apply also in interviews and the types of questions that you should or should not ask people when you're interviewing them? Yes, well, on, on your first point, um, if you're absolutely, absolutely right, um, people should not be discriminated, discriminated based on the place where they, they reside, uh, have their domicile in, in, in France. 
um, so that could be uh, the south of France. Also, um, I think what the legislator had in mind uh, when proposing this, um, this bill was, um, well, avoiding discrimination um, towards people living um, in, in, in the suburbs um, of, of the big cities. Um, and and uh, notably uh, suburbs around around Paris, um, so that's indeed one of the one of the criterion that are protected, so so to speak. Um, then, as as an exception, um, and this comes from the, the EU directive, uh, a genuine and, and determining occupational requirement can justify a discriminatory criterion in a job advertisement. For example, if you need a man to shoot uh, an ad for men's clothes, or if you need a woman to shoot an ad for uh, an eyeliner or a woman eyeliner, um, then of course this can be specified in, in, in the job advertisement. Uh, but that should be really um, necessary and, and proportionate to your needs as, as an employer. Um, so a typical example, maybe if, um, if we have time, um, is about 10 years ago, um, there was a, a famous cosmetic brands searching um, applicants uh, to, uh, to present uh, skincare products to, to clients in, in a shopping mall. And, and the company had specified in the job advertisement that they needed BBR applicants, meaning bleu, blanc, rouge, blue, white, and red, the colors of, of the French flag. And this was supposed actually to mean white people, which is a bit stupid, by the way, because many, white, many French citizens are not white people. But anyway, uh, of course, this was uh, seen as discriminatory, but because actually the products uh, were uh, not specifically uh, directed to, to white clients. There were skincare products, but actually skincare products for anyone. And so this, this was viewed as discriminatory. But if, um, they were, if they had been searching for people uh, to present skincare products specifically designed for black people, for example, then of course, yes, they could have um, specified in the job adver advertisement that they needed um, black people to, uh, to present these, uh, these products. Um, so that's, that's a, a typical example of, of how it works in France. And I believe probably in other EU jurisdictions. Um, then coming to your second question, on what type of questions can be asked uh, to, um, to an applicant uh, for a job? Um, the French Labour Code is quite strict in this respect. Uh, it provides that um, only questions that are uh, related to uh, the job being offered can be asked to um, an, uh, an, an applicant. Um, so these are only the questions that are necessary to assess the applicant's adaptation to the job. Other questions are simply prohibited, uh, including such questions such as, where were you born? Um, where were you raised? Are you married? Um, do you have children? Or do you plan to have children? Um, these are questions that uh, an employer cannot ask to an applicant for a job. That that makes that makes sense. 
And I suppose um, a related point then is kind of background screening and checks. We do we, we do often see employers in the UK want to do them. Does that kind of um, restriction on asking questions only relating to the job, does that, does that kind of correspond to background screening um, um, and checks for employees? Are they kind of usual or permitted in, in France? Well, as part of a job interview, um, it is possible, of course, to, uh, to ask an employee um, what uh, um, degrees he has passed or what diplomas they, they have and, and what was their uh, career prior to, uh, to applying for, for this job. Um, this will be probably just a, a confirmation of uh, what's on the employee's or the applicant's, sorry, uh, resume. Um, and then um, background uh, checks are, um, are allowed, um, but it's not usual practice in France. Um, difficult to say why, actually, but many employers do not carry out any background check, even on, on degrees and, and diplomas. Um, they could request copies, um, for example, uh, but most of the time, they, they do not, but it, but it is possible. Uh, but again, provided, however, it's uh, necessary to assess the applicant's um, fitness for, for the job. Um, so for example, um, an employer running a gym could ask a sports coach to, to pass a drug test. Um, I don't have any precedent in mind, but I, I, I believe that would be possible. Um, by the way, to a certain extent, um, background tests are um, made by um, the authorities, at, le at least for, for certain jobs, you know, for example, for security agents, um, whether in, in, a, uh, in, a, in a building or an airport or whatever, um, in order to, to uh, have such job, um, you need uh, an... Uh, a specific uh, uh, authorization from uh, from the from the administration, uh, and so the administration will will deliver the authorization only provided uh, the person um, has a, a clean criminal record. So, as an employer, you won't need to ask for the criminal record because uh, the employee uh, will have uh, the uh, valid title to to perform the job. Um, and this title uh, assumes that actually uh, he has a, a clean criminal record. That makes sense. And I think it's not too dissimilar in the UK. So it's kind of background checks where they're kind of relevant to the role um, is, is the, the, the usual practice. Mm. Um, just moving on to that, the next, the next thing that we often see is about um, employers when they're considering recruiting employees from a competitor. Um, and that obviously can give rise to some issues. Do, do you do you see do you see that as a common occurrence in France? And does does recruiting from a competitor give rise to any issues? Yeah, it it, it does. Um, well, first, um, in principle, um, labor market is is a free and open market, so it's uh, it's allowed to uh, to hire an employee from from a competitor uh, or to. to coach an employee, um, but there are, there are limitations. Um, first, um, employees uh, may be bound by uh, 
non-compete or non-solicitation of clientele uh, covenants uh, with um, strict requirements in order to be valid under French law, but still um, it is you know, possible to include this type of, of covenants in an employee's uh, employment contract. And, and therefore, uh, when uh, uh, recruiting an employee, um, an employer should uh, ask and, and check whether the, uh, the applicant is, is bound by such non-compete covenant or not. Uh, and then second, more generally planned destabilizations of a competitor is prohibited and under French law. Uh, so um, if an employer would hire uh, many employees or a whole team from a competitor, there could be an issue in this respect, but it all depends on their circumstances. Um, and there, there must be a, um, a necessity test passed by, by, by the employer. The question is really, is it possible to achieve your legitimate recruitment goal as an employer by other means than um, poaching all the employees from a competitor or uh, an entire team from a competitor? Um, could you have done otherwise? Um, and, and was it possible for you uh, not uh, well, to develop your business while not destabilizing your competitors. So that's a really a case by case uh, assessment and that gives rise to, to some court actions and litigations in France. Very interesting. Okay, well, look, let's, um, let's move on to the final topic on, on this recruitment podcast. And what we're thinking about here, Falk, is um, how you would document um, the contractual terms. And I suppose it might be worth, before you, you respond to that point, just quickly drawing the distinction between corporate officers and employees, because I think the focus so far has been about um, how you would engage employees, but obviously there's that corporate officer category as well. Yes, that's absolutely right. Um, there's a strong distinction under French law between corporate officers uh, and employees, um, corporate, Officers um, are the well the legal representatives of the company, and their uh, their rights and obligations are regulated by by the, the French Commercial Code, uh, whereas employees um, are uh, uh, employees' rights and obligations are regulated by by the French Labour Code, which is much stricter actually. Um, so that, that that's uh, uh, an essential distinction to be made, and then focusing. On employees, um, what you should think of when when documenting a contract. Well, first, well, the, the first question, of course, is uh, whether the contract will be indefinite term or uh, or fixed term. Um, and I think it's important to emphasize in this respect that um, indefinite term employment agreements are the rule under French law, and fixed terms are fixed term employment agreements are only the exception. Um, and you need a specific cause um, or ground uh, to uh, hire someone under a fixed term contract, uh, like replacing an absent employee or um, uh, in case of temporary increase of business, um, you can hire a fixed term employee. But otherwise, the contract should be indefinite term. So that's the first important thing to, to think of. Um, 
then also um, a question that any employer should ask um, prior to hiring employees is, um, am I in the scope of a sector collective bargaining agreement? Um, which is the case actually of most uh, employers in France. Um, and if the answer is indeed yes, uh, then uh, the employer should refer to this sector collective bargaining agreement, um, notably to uh, uh, take a look at the classification grid. Every collective bargaining agreement provides for a, a classification grid of all employees. Um, and, and, and as an employer, uh, you need to determine uh, what classification corresponds to the employee you are hiring. And this will have to be documented in the employment contract. That will have consequences on several uh, topics like the length of trial period or notice period or um, sick leave payments, et cetera. Um, so that's an important thing to, 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 to think of. Um, and then finally, the contract should be in French. It, it must be written in French. Um, it, coming back to my, my first comment on the, the protection of French law, um, Employment contracts can be uh, drafted in, in dual language, uh, but there must be a, a French version. And the job position must be uh, indicated in French. And if there is no French equivalent for um, the, the title of the, of, of the position, the, the job position, then there should be a, an explanation in French uh, in the contract um, to what the, the job means corresponds. Excellent. Thanks, folks. Um, so I think that um, that probably completes our quick run through the start of employment. And um, please do join us in the next podcast where we'll be covering the end of employment.